Hey everybody, this is Bishop Brian Gallardo and you're listening to the LifeGate Church Podcast where we lift the name of Jesus and empower every listener. For more information, please go to lifegatekc.org or briangallardo.com. But all of us in this room at some point, everybody wishes that we could go back and get a redo. We all of us, every person in this room, we look back over our life and we say, man, I wish I could do that over again. Anybody in the room? Now, I play golf, but I'm horrible. Any golfers? Do you have any golfers? Do a couple of us? I'm, I'm not going out with you, Jeff, because you might beat me, and then I, I have no bragging rights. But in, in the game of golf, they have something called a mulligan. Noah, you know what a mulligan is. A mulligan is only for people to play with people that aren't that good. If you play with really good golfers, they don't let you have a mulligan because a mulligan means you hit really bad, but it's okay, don't worry, just shoot again. We won't count it against you. That's your mulligan. But in life, there are no mulligans. In life, there are no redos. You can't redo it. It's when you fail, it's over. It, that, that section is over. That's, that chapter of your life will be closed. Uh, you have to then take that failure and learn from it and do things differently so you can move forward. You have to fix the failure of the past so it doesn't mess up the future you. Can the church say amen? You have to learn how to fail and then move forward after you did it. I've got a master's degree in failing. I have failed probably more than most of y'all in this room. I have done some really dumb things. If you've been with me for 15 years, don't say anything. Praise God. I remember doing dumb things in life and failing. I can remember when I really hurt the heart of Bishop. I hurt his heart one time. And for about a year and a half, we didn't talk. And it was my fault because I failed. I've messed up relationships as a friend, as a pastor, and as a leader because I'm not perfect. I fail. I'm not a perfect dad. I failed as a dad. I failed as a father. I failed as a husband. I failed as a pastor. I can remember when my grandfather caught me stealing from the Bible bookstore. You know you're going to hell if you steal from the Bible bookstore. I felt like an utter failure because my grandpa was as close to Jesus as I've ever seen. He's been the greatest man that I've ever known in my entire life, still to this day, the greatest man of character and integrity I've ever met. And many of you in, in, in this room, you have failed at so many things in life and you wish you could have a mulligan or a do-over, but I want you to come out of that failure mentality and begin to move forward. Look at somebody and say, from failure to forward. There are no mulligans in life. We don't get do-overs. We, we don't get second chances. And some of you in this room, you were unfaithful to your spouse and you have failed. You have messed up your finances and you're drowning in a pool of debt. You have failed. You've hurt your kids. You have been rebellious to your parents. You have failed. You've betrayed people in life. Failed. You walked out on people in life. Failed. You abandoned your own children. Failed. You have been a master emotional manipulator. Failed. Your character has been as shady as Slim Shady and you have failed at keeping your word to your spouse. I just came by this morning to encourage you you have to come out of that failure we have to move away from that way of thinking we have to go past it and move past what we did in our past and literally move from failure to forward look at your neighbor say you know he's all up in your driveway today 
Now, I believe, I mean, me personally, I'm going to just stand and say, be amen. I'm going to amen myself. I'm going to high-five myself, stand up and say amen to myself, amen, preach. Uh, you know, I'm going to do the whole thing. Uh, but, but all of us, if we could, we would go back and fix it. You know what I'm talking about, that thing, right? You don't tell nobody at LifeGate Church because if they found out about you, you know how they view you. Not here, but at another church maybe. But all of us would like to go back and treat people different. All of us would like to go back and treat that situation that we went through different. Change how we spoke to them. Change what we spoke to them. Change who we spoke to. Change who we told our business to. Come on. Change who we slept with, who we drank with, how we lost our business, how we lost our marriage. Every person in this room, if we could, could honestly say, if I could, I would go back and fix it. But here's the thing about failure. God doesn't fix our failures but he restores you. Restoration and healing are not the same thing. Restoration and fixing are not the same thing. Come on in here. I can call Brother Matthew and say, Brother Matthew, we need something built, and Brother Matthew will heal something. He'll build it. Uh, or I can say to Brother Matthew, hey, I got this 1954 Chevy. I need it restored. Matthew can't do that. He's a builder, not a car rest restorer. I got to take it to a car restorer. And some of you in this room, you're trying to take your past failures to the wrong person. Come on. They, 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 not everybody you get connected to can restore what you went through in your life. Not everybody else can touch that wound and bring healing. Not everybody else can touch the pain of your past and speak life to it and see life come. Come on. You've been going to the wrong mechanic. You've been going to a builder when you need to go to the master restorer. God is in the business of restoration. We've got to move from failure to forward. If we could allow ourselves to walk away from a victim mentality. I'm going to say that again for the people across the street. If we could just allow, allow ourselves to remove ourselves from the, the victim mentality. You see, I want to encourage you today to take your failures and what you failed in and let it be your testimony to heal somebody else. What if we took the wisdom that we learned from failing and tell somebody else that's about to go down that road, hey, let me be real transparent with you for a minute. I did that, bought the t-shirt, failed at it. You about to fail at it too. It hurt me. Don't let it hurt you. Let me rescue you for just a minute. I'm a firm believer that our failures can help someone else's future. But spiritual pride won't let us help somebody's future. Because a lot of us are too arrogant to tell our story. We come to church. We think the mask mandate is over, but it's been going on in church for centuries. What if we humbled ourselves to help someone else heal? What if we went to somebody who was wounded and told them, you don't have to be conquered. Look at my story. What if we went to somebody who was broken in this moment and tell them, you weren't built to break. Let me tell you my story. If I did it and failed, you don't have to. Let's look at a guy by the name of Moses. I don't want you leaving here thinking I don't preach the Bible, so let's look at the Bible. Exodus chapter 2. I, now, I broke this up because this is a long story, and I only have like a 45-minute window once a week to talk to you. 
And so I couldn't read the whole story to you, but I'm going to pick it apart and, and you, can, you can fill in the blanks later at home. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 through 12 says this. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating one of his family members, a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way, looking that way, seeing nobody. Moses killed this Egyptian and hid the dead body in the sand. Exodus 2.15, this sounds like an episode on 2020 or something. Exodus 2.15 says, Moses fled and went to live in a place called Midian. So Moses kills somebody and he flees to Midian. The, the, the name Midian means judgment and covering. So, so, so Moses kills somebody and he runs where he could get covering and he runs to a covering that he trusted enough to judge what he did. I'm, I'm coming for you. I, Verse 20 says this, a priest named Jethro invited Moses into his house. Here's his judge and covering. To eat and to stay in his home. And Moses agreed to stay with Jethro, who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Moses tended the flock of the priest Jethro. Look at verse 9 and 10. The cry of the Israelites, God tells Moses, has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Okay, let me break it down this way. Moses fails, Moses flees, Moses gets a spiritual father, now Moses gets a future. He fails, he flees, father, future. Failure, fleeing, father, future, in that order. 29 verses, y'all, after God tells Moses to go, look at, look at how discouraged Moses is about himself. He don't like himself at all. 29 verses, your Bible records, of Moses telling God why he can't go. Three mental failure traps that, that, that Moses had to get himself through that many of you are fighting today. Number one, he had to go through the bad self-image trap. I know it's none of y'all, but I go through that trap. You're not good enough, Moses. God sent somebody else. I stutter. I have failed. I killed somebody. He was a murderer. I don't even know whose name I'm going in. I don't have any covering. I'm not eloquent. I'm slow to speech. I'm not that great. I'm not that good. Failure fixates us on negativity. And some of you in this room are so ashamed about your yesterday. Your self-image is horrible because you're fixated on what didn't work and how you failed. But God wants you today to move from failure and get in position to move forward. so important because hell knows if it can steal your confidence it can steal your unique anointing second trap was the i can't trap moses began to tell god so funny god tells moses something and moses tells god why he can't the master of the universe says i want you to and moses says i know you want me to but i'm not good enough for that i can't i can't lead i can't trap i i, I can't be used of god that they won't, they won't follow me. They don't believe in me as their leader. And then he had to face the trap of comparing himself to everybody else. I know it's nobody in here because y'all are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, fire, baptized. But God, I'm a single parent. I can't. God, I've been divorced twice. I can't do that. Y'all ain't saying nothing in here. God, I, I used to be on meth. Ain't nobody gonna want me. 
God, I used to be in prison. I can't stand up and preach. I, I can't own a business. They won't have me. They won't pick on me. Who told you that? See, the bondage of failure produces shame. And the enemy screams in our ear when we fail, shame on you. But the Lord says, shame off of you. So today, I'm going to give you four quick things, and then we're going to pray. We're going to prophetically activate this word. We're going to pray. Because you can sense the heaviness in the hearts of the people here today. This is the word for you. Somebody say, oh, give me a prophetic word. I'm giving you one right now. Everybody in this church, I'm giving a prophetic word right now. Four things today to help you move forward away from failure. Number one, you got to admit it. You have to admit it. You're never going to move forward until you admit that you need help. Pastor, I'm good. I'm good. I bless God. Holy favor. No, you ain't good. You liar. How you doing today? I'm good. Praise God. I did so good. You're a liar. And you're horrible at lying. Admittance. You know what it takes? Humility. Amen. Pride wants to cover failure. You know why? Because it wants to protect our self-image. How you doing? I'm great, man. Everything's great. And you're lying. Your whole world is falling apart. You're a wreck. You don't know what you're going to do. You're about to lose your mind. You're about to drown. You're coming up in church saying, I'm okay. I don't need prayer. Everything's okay. You are lying because you're protecting self. But you know what humility does? Humility admits your weakness. Because it's concerned that others don't have to go down the road that caused you to fail. Everyone say, I need to admit it. Look at your neighbors. I'm going to admit some things today to the Lord. I find, it, I find it crazy. Elder Irene, Satan never attacks my strengths. He only attacks where I'm weak. Where I'm weak. Which means I better have somebody in my circle that knows where I'm weak so they can be strong and be a Nathan and call me on the carpet. Because I've learned in failure, there's nothing more depressing than failing by yourself. There is nothing that can get you down and out like when you fail and you have nobody to talk to. Preaching better. Listen, okay. James 5, 16 says this. Therefore confess, not to Jesus, not to the Lord, not to the Holy Ghost. Therefore confess your sin to each other and pray that you may be healed. Who are you confessing to? Well, I confess to Jesus. That's great. But who are you walking with in accountability? You know why? Because admittance, what it does is it strips the power from failure and it gives it back to you. Admittance literally strips the power of failure and gives the power back to you. Can the church say, admit it? I was, I was counseling somebody one time and they said, they, they begin to just admit all their sin. You know, when I was three years old, I cheated on my history exam. When I was in the fifth grade, I went like this. And every, y'all ain't seen the Goonies. Okay, so, and after they got to confessing, they said to me, they said, Pastor, man, 
feels good to get that off my chest. It's the plan of God. Jesus ain't here in the flesh. He's on the right hand of God the Father. And sometimes when you're down and out and you failed, it's good to say, I got to talk to somebody. Come on. I got to tell somebody, lower my pride, walk in humility and tell you my, now don't, don't tell everybody your business. Come on, don't tell everybody your business. Because some people are like a bird, they tell everybody. Okay, everybody say admit it. Admit. Number two, own it. Let's say that together. Admit it, then own it. Admit it, then own it. Look at, look at Moses. Moses kills the Egyptians. The Hebrew brothers knew what he did. And they saw him do it, and they questioned him on it. Then he begins to, he begins to realize, I might be in trouble here. So instead of owning what he did, what did he do? He ran away. Exodus chapter number two and verse 15. So Moses fled, right? It is within all of our earthly nature to run. Mo, or, or, uh, Adam sins. He eats off of the tree. And the Bible says that God starts asking Adam, Where are you? Adam did not own it, and Adam did not admit it. He came before God, who already knew it was a rhetorical question. He wasn't really asking where he was. And he said, the woman that you gave me made me eat off of this fruit, so I failed. Culture teaches us, like our fallen Adam state, blame it on somebody else. It's always somebody else's fault. Church folk blame the politicians. The politicians blame each other. Racial tension, nobody's good, everybody hates each other. Blame the left, blame the right, but don't you dare own it for yourself. Owning it says, my bad. Own it, owning it says, that's my fault. I own my part. See, at some point, we have to take responsibility for our past. Come on in here. We have to stop playing the blame game and stop being the martyr and stop being the victim. Yes, he left you, but he's not the reason why you're a drunk. It's your fault. Yes, you were injured, but you let yourself get addicted to opiates. Yes, your dad left you, but, but at some point, 60 years of depression, blaming it on your dad, there's time you got to own it and admit it. Well, pastor, my boss fired me. Well, you clocked in late all the time and we're lazy. Well, them church people never invite me to nothing. It's because you're so introverted, quiet, weird, and you smell. We have to own it. My last pastor dodged me, pastor. I'm just the victim. Well, it's because you were dishonorable. You were disrespectful. 
We have to own our part. Come on. We have to admit where we failed. We have to admit that we're not perfect. Come on. We, we in our culture, we're, in our culture, we expect everybody else to have it together. We expect everybody else to be perfect. But when it comes to us, don't you, only God can judge me. We have to own it. We have to admit it. You know why? You will never be you, you will never be free from failure if you never own your part. In a day and age where narcissism and pride runs through the church, you will never be free from failure if you never own your own part in it. Own it. Admit. Now, there is real victims. I'm a victim. Fatherlessness, sexual molestation. But that's my past. I'm not staying there. I'm walking in liberty today and using that as a platform to punch the devil in the mouth. Admit it. Own it. And then submit it. Got to submit that failure. Got to submit it somewhere. Most people continue in failure because most people make the wrong decisions with the wrong people. You, 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 can't, you can't ask the wrong people the right questions and expect to get removed from failure. You're going to go right back into failure. Moses was fully submitted. He fled after he failed, and he submitted to Jethro. Now, I want you to see these two verses here because, again, you have to remember there's 28, 29 verses in between God saying, go, Moses, and Moses actually going but first God calls Moses in Exodus 3 and verse 10. So now go, Moses, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. 28 verses go by. And then, and then the Bible says the first thing Moses did was he submitted that go to Jethro. So God tells Moses to go. Moses says, let me go check with my pastor. Y'all are really quiet. Exodus 4.18 says, after God, this is right after God told him to go. Moses went back to Jethro. Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. He said, let me. What would God call him? But he had to submit his failure. He said, Pastor, listen, I know that I'm called to lead, but, and God's calling me to lead, but I know I got this failure in my past. What do you think about what God said? Y'all are really quiet. It's all good. Moses fails. God calls Moses. Moses submits it to Jethro. Moses fails. God confronts Moses. Moses submits it to Jethro. Well, who should I get my, my failure submitted to, Pastor? One who ain't afraid of you. One who's not impressed with you. Come on. When, when I get to my overseers, there's no title on my name. I go into Bishop R and say, hello, Bishop, call me pastor. If he says, hey, Brian, I'm like, oh, excuse me? I am Pastor Brian. He ain't impressed by me. He ain't scared of me. He can rebuke me and I take it. He can rebuke me and he still be my spiritual father. See, we got a lot of foster children in the church, but that, that, that's all. okay. Spiritual foster kids. I don't like you as my parent. I'm leaving and getting another one. 
Wouldn't it be hilarious if Olivia came to her mom and dad and said, um, I, don't like the, I don't like you anymore. Can I get a different womb? <laughs> Happens in church all the time. Little bunny foo-foo hopping through the forest, picking up the weak ones and bop them on the head. Bouncing from church to church, can't find, the, it's the minority that's reliable, it's the minority that's dependable. I know Pastor Greg's going to be here at everything because he's dependable. He's submitted. Amen. Okay, let's, let's continue. Who do we submit our failure to? Someone who is strong and successful in the area that you're weak. So, don't run to a single person who don't have children to get parenting advice. Don't run. We love you, Deron and Pastor Janae. Don't run to a couple been married a year saying, can you give me some marital advice? No, you can't. I saw this couple. They were literally hosting a marriage seminar. They'd been married five years. Like what you know after five years? Give me a brother and sister car. Give me an elder, Mark and Irene Tide. Come on, give me a McCarroll. Give, give me somebody that's done it, bought the T-shirt. They hung on through some seasons, but they're there. Don't go to a person been to 10 churches in three years saying, will you disciple me? Y'all are awfully quiet today. It's all good, praise God. I can't say that one, Jesus. Thank you, man. Don't go to somebody sleeping under a bridge and say, will you be my life coach? Submit to somebody who's successful where you're weak. Come on in here. Because submission brings restoration. You, you know why? I can't, if I fail, let's say I fail. God forbid, let's say I fail. I can't restore my name. How can I restore myself? If I, as a preacher, have a moral failure, I should not be in the pulpit. The church said amen. <laughs> right? But, but in ministry today, in the music ministry, in gospel music, and in the church, in, in the preachers of America today, you can fail and be right back on the stage two weeks later. That tells me they're not submitted. Because me as your pastor, I would never put somebody in this pulpit or on this platform that restored their self two weeks later. Restoration takes somebody else's name. That's why you can't fix yourself. You gotta come to the Father in the name, not of you, but in the name of Jesus. Somebody else's name. Boy, this is so good. My wife's gonna take me out for something good to eat today. Everyone said this out of your own mouth. Say, submission, submission. is extremely valuable. extremely valuable. Say it one more time. Submission, submission. is extremely valuable. extremely valuable. Say it one more time. Submission, submission. is extremely valuable. Extremely now, number four is powerful as well. You have to continue that submission. So Moses, he fails, he flees, he gets covering and now he continues under that covering. All failure comes from weakness. Now, there, there was a guy that I was mentoring a long time ago, and he was battling with pornography on a consistent basis on his phone. And I told him, I said, listen, get rid of your phone and go get a flip phone. And he got mad at me. 
He said, you know what day this is? I said, how bad do you want to get free? And he wouldn't get a flip phone. So I told him, I said, I can't mentor you no more. He got mad and left the church and talked trash about me out in the community. Well, he didn't want to continue his submission. So how can I continue mentoring? The moment, listen, here's a powerful, 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 I hope you get this one out of everything I said because I want you to move forward. The moment I stop being submitted to God's overseers for me is the moment you stop submitting to me as God's overseer for you. The moment I don't have spiritual fathers is the moment you stop following me. I don't know where we come up with this concept in the American church, every pastor don't need a pastor. It's silly. Where's the accountability? Where are the prophet Nathans in the life? We all have to be accountable and stay accountable. Let the church say amen. amen. So I want to take just a brief moment. I want you to see this because some of y'all think Moses was the buck stopper and he wasn't. Go with me to Exodus chapter number 18. And when I get to the very last verse, Benjamin, you can start playing because I will be concluding y'all in that moment. I get 25 of those because this is my last day as a pastor. Okay, Genesis 18. If, you, if you're there yet, say amen. If you're not there, say hold up. My wife is the only one that's not there. Praise God. And Miss Bree, I think Miss Bree said hold up. Okay, uh, let's go to Exodus chapter number 18. It'll be on the screen for you. If you need it that way, that'd be great. Uh, let's read verse 13. And I know this is a little bit of walking through here, but I want your help uh, to, to see it. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around from morning until evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, this is Jethro, Pastor Jethro, his mentor. What is this that you are doing for the people, Moses? Why do you alone sit as judge? While all these great others like the Elder Tigs and the Elder Johnsons and Shackelfords, they're all here with you. Verse 15, Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and laws. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing, Moses, is not good. You and these people who, can, who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you, Pastor Moses. You cannot handle it by yourself. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice. So now he's listened to a mentor Moses is. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. But I can't read that next word because it's, oh, but select. My, my Bible's all wrote up. Okay, so, but select, listen to the standard of leading in a church, but select capable Men from all people whom uh, fear God, they honor God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands. And we've got great officials in the church. Can the church say amen? amen. Uh, verse number, I can't see what it is there, but next verse here. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load, Pastor Moses, lighter because they will share the load with you. 
if you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home from LifeGate Church satisfied. Now the next verse blew me away. Moses listened to his father-in-law. Now that's a miracle right there, but I'm just kidding. Moses, <laughs> Moses listened to his father-in-law and did what? Everything. Did what? Everything. How much of it? Everything. He did what? Everything. He did everything that his mentor told him to do. Many of you here today you have failed so bad in life, you just cannot pick yourself up. But if you would admit it, own it, submit it, and continue it. Yes, you failed. Yes, you fled. <laughs> but you need to get under covering and continue that covering. Amen, church. Amen. Your covering might be, maybe you lay it before elders. Maybe you come to Elder Mark and you say, Elder Mark, I, I failed here. I just, I got to get this off my chest and somebody needs to keep me accountable. Amen, church. Amen. Maybe it's Sister Carr. You might be a young lady and say, I, I, need, to, I need to submit this failure uh, to somebody that I trust. And you can trust them. You can trust elders. You can trust Elder Mark and Miss Rachel. You can, you can trust Pastor Greg and Pastor Margie and, and, and Elder Shackelfords and Elder Marvie Johnson. You can trust them. Amen, church. Did I forget anybody? Okay. Did I forget somebody? I think that's, yeah. Brother Sister Carr aren't elders, but you could trust them. Come on in here. You, you could trust Matthew and Samantha. They got lips that are tight. They ain't going to say nothing. You, you, you got you to, I need help with this. I'm struggling here. I got to submit this to somebody because I'm sick of the cycle of failure. And I want to move forward. Amen.